I believe so. Okay. I think we're in Man, action. Sounds good. So welcome everyone. We're so glad you're here. Welcome to Equip and Brother Mark is here to carry us on. Yes. Go ahead with your introduction. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. That's great. Everybody get a, a handbook. Snacks and water back here, boy. Cause you just ate yeah, no yeah, water yeah. later. Coffee, I'm sorry. Is there any anywhere? I don't believe so. That's okay. That's only us old people. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Miss Gloria. All right, how are we doing, guys? Good. 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 I'm glad to be here because it's kind of a full circle moment. Uh, hi there, welcome. Pastor Anthony and I, um, we've known each other for almost 15, 20 years. His son and I grew up together playing football, so it's cool to be able to come out and spend some time. Uh, so as we talk about equipping the next generation and revolutionizing children's and student ministry today, uh, it's a large part of my heart. I've been in student ministry or next-gen ministry for almost a decade now. Uh, that's where I found the Lord, and now it's an opportunity for me uh, to serve His church and build the church. A little bit about Grace, we're, uh, like I said, eight locations across Tampa Bay. Uh, we've got, on average, 12,000 attendees across all eight locations. And I know that uh, in this space, especially with the resource I've given you, a lot of you find yourselves uh, in different spaces, different environments, whether you're a volunteer, a high-level leader, a staff member, a pastor, uh, a senior pastor maybe. Uh, I want you to know that I'm open throughout this time to answer any, any questions you may have. So you could stop me, you say, hey, slow down. What does this look like in my context? And I want to make sure that you guys leave with some practical tools today. So um, I want to start our time with prayer, and then we're going to jump in. So, Father, I just thank you, Lord, for this time. God, I thank you for a quick conference, God. And I just think about the fact, Lord, how you have called each and every one of us to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. God, I pray that we would leave with practical tools in our hand to do just that, to pass the baton to the next generation uh, so they can carry the faith into a hopeless generation. Uh, Lord, would you bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, you heard about me. I just want to popcorn the room and hear a little bit about you guys. Yes, I'm recording. Thank you. I uh, want to hear a little bit about you guys, and we'll start with you, Claude. Uh, tell us where you're at, what you do, and what you hope to get out of this time. What I do... For a living or here at the church? Yep. Gotcha. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Claude. Um, I am an accountant by day <laughs> and I serve the Lord all day all night <laughs> but no I and I um I'm from Bible based church I'm a member here I serve in various capacities um such as the chosen generation which is the kids ministry here um worshiping creative arts missions outreach um there's enough MIT I'm also a minister in training um, wow. a, a lot of things yeah. <laughs> in Jesus I love name. it I love it thanks Hi guys, I'm Zuli. I am a member here at Pebble Race. I serve um, our chosen generation, specifically um, K through second. And what I hope to gain out of this is um, just ways to um, elevate our chosen generation and it. what we do here. I love it. I'm Christy. I'm <coughs> Bible Race here. I serve the chosen generation. Zuli <laughs> and Claude. <laughs> and um, I just hope to. 
get out of this, um, just how to impact the um, kids. I love it. Jesus. I love it. Yeah. Um, Denver Mullins, one of the ministers here at Bible Base, recently just been assigned a uh, young adult pastor. Wow. CG. So, Come on. Hey. Wow. Hey. Really yeah. <laughs> oh. Come on now. <laughs> I was looking to find new ways to present the message. If there's a different method. Mm-hmm. That's what change, but the method may have to. Yes, yes. So yes. just try to gain from everybody. No, that's That's great. Hey guys, I'm Courtney. I'm a student pastor at my church, uh, Kingdom Headquarters in Zephyr Hills. Um, one thing I want to learn, uh, take away from this workshop, is just how to better, uh, be better equipped to serve our kids and to just reach them and help them to know about Jesus in the world. Hello everyone, my name is Patty. I'm from New Dawn Restoration Center. I am not involved in our children or youth ministry. However, folks from our church are not here who do that, so I'm hoping just to glean some stuff so I can take back to them. Wonderful. We're glad you're here. Now we'll jump to you in the back there. Uh, um, my name is, hi. Um, my name is Tia. I'm from Kingdom Culture Church. I'm um, a minister there. Um, I'm a preschool teacher, and what I get, want to get from here is, um, um, I think she said how to um, get more to encourage or yeah. to apply to the kids that I teach, I love it. even in ministry. That's awesome. Okay, we'll come back to you. Well, I'm Christina um, from Mount Zion Progressive Missionary Baptist Church. We're one of the largest African-American churches in St. Petersburg. Love it. I currently work there in finance. Um, my previous role was um, the youth ministry under the youth pastor, but we do so much that crosses young adults, mm-hmm. adults, youth, mm-hmm. from the events that we do. Oh. Monthly, weekly, whatever. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All of the things, so, yeah. But uh, there are some people that are missing here, and okay. we're going to take back information for them. I love it. Good. Good. Welcome to you, sir. My name is Pastor Cleveland Lane, first missionary of Church in Holland Pines, here in Tampa. And uh, I'm here because I want to find out how can I get my youth back in the church. Love Since it. COVID, yeah. they have left pretty mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. And the only time they come is when we have some special. Mm-hmm. Per se, mm-hmm. and so I'll try. I want to see what you can tell me. Yep. All right. How did I have to get them back? All right. All right. <laughs> and not only get them back, but keep them. Yeah. So come on, retention is yeah. key. Yeah. <laughs> retention is key. I'm Pastor Jake, senior pastor of Bridge Christian Center here in Tampa, and uh, what my plan is to take away is the pulse of what is now trending and what is apropos or what is considered to be the best approach. We're reaching the Gen Z X okay. Y. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My turn. Yes, sir. Oh, you can. I don't know if you guys saw that guy that stuck his head in the door, but that's my pastor. Okay. So he's he checking on me and Christine. <laughs> 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 but anyway, uh, I'm a deacon at Mount Zion for Prayers of Missionary Baptist Church. I, I serve as a leader of our deacons ministry, and of course, we're always looking to you know bring on young people, try to engage this new generation mm-hmm. of young people, and keep them engaged in church, just like we came. I love it. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, my name is Siobhan. Um, I do serve as the president at a New Season Apostolic Ministries. I'm also a minister there. Um, so I am just looking at ways to continue to captivate and cultivate the youth for the next generation because they are the church of tomorrow. So mm-hmm. we can lead them to Christ and keep them, like you said, retention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm Bernadette. I'm a member of Bible Base, but I am a member, and I just came to see what what the young people are doing this day. How are they reaching young people this day? I love it. Decades ago, I was in court. There we go. Making an appearance. Yo, gotta see who you're talking to. No, I'm, I'm checking because I want to see who's the youngest person in here. Um, is that you and Siobhan, Mark? How old are you? I'm 22. 22. So yeah. He's the youngest in the room. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I need a blood transfusion. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's here. I love it. <laughs> I used to be a youth minister in my day, way back when I had hair. We had afros at that time. <laughs> Pastor Cleve knows what I'm talking about. Uh, my name is Freddie Henson. I'm pastor of the Hope Baptist Church in Hudson. Um, I'm here. Uh, our youth director could not actually be here and told him I would come here and take some copious notes. Uh, God is actually leading us on to uh, this new era of mm -hmm. ministry. I love it. And uh, as we are looking to be relevant and to bear more fruit, um, one of the things I think that is very, very important is for us hearing yeah. more than actually trying to dispel what we think. That's good. Um, my days of youth ministry go back to the 80s. Um, if I try to do that now, when I sit down and talk with our youth directors now, and they sit here doing this right here, and uh, made the mistake of actually saying one time from the pulpit, y'all put y'all phones away. <laughs> and one of my young people said, well, Pastor, that's my Bible. And uh, kind of made me come around right. and realize that I wasn't there. So I'm learning now. Uh, that I need a blood transfusion. There we so go. That's why I'm here. <laughs> so you can't leave until we hook up. All right. <laughs> but here's the thing I'll say about that, because I was just doing a talk on that with, with uh, some of our staff and our teams. For the very first time in history, we've got five generations represented in the workplace and in the church. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. For the very first time in all of history. So like you had started off by saying, the message never changes, but the method has to. Mm -hmm. The method has to. And I, I use this term uh, with our team. It's called generational diversity. Okay, So for the very first time, there's five different generations represented. And that's a beautiful thing when you look at the body of Christ. That's a beautiful thing when we look at it through the eyes of the Lord. But what we need to realize is we all need to embrace what one another brings to the table. Because what I realize in my life, yeah, I'm, I'm younger uh, but there's people that are further down the road that bring timeless truths. Mm -hmm. But there's people that are in my season that bring timely truth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we need to embrace those two worlds and go, how do we collaborate and bring those two things together to be the church of Jesus Christ in this hour? So we've got people that bring timeless truths and we've got mm -hmm. people that bring timely truth. So in this space, <coughs> I hope that we can leverage each other's vantage point. Mm -hmm. I, I want to be interactive in this space. Um, and share what works in your context, maybe some of the things that you guys had seen uh, in your time as youth ministers and children's ministry leaders, um, and how we can maybe hold on to some of those things, but revolutionize it for today's day and age. So this handbook, I think this is going to serve you well because it's practical. It's something that you could take home. It's something you can look through, chew on, uh, put in the hands of your youth leaders that couldn't be here. Um, but this is what we call our ministry playbook. So I'm the ministries pastor at Grace Family Church. I oversee our children's ministry, preschool ministry teams, our student ministry teams, our college. We have a Southeastern University. 
And then I also oversee our young adult ministry teams as well. So I oversee all the staff. And really the thing that I hold our staff accountable to is this, this playbook. We call it a playbook. Mm -hmm. So each and every one of our teams for their ministry, they have a playbook. So what's in your hand right now is our children's ministry playbook. It's called The Zone. We call our children's ministry The Zone. It's our first through fifth grade ministry. And this is going to give you kind of a template, uh, a layout of what all of our ministries at Grace Family Church abide by. So as you turn to the second page. Yes, yeah, sir. You're, you work in a full-time capacity as a youth minister. No. Ah, here we go. I, I oversee all of the ministry teams. Okay. But I worked in youth ministry for seven years. That was my first seven years in ministry. I was a youth pastor. Okay. Can I tell you why I asked the question? Go ahead. Because I know that sometimes uh, it seems like the, that, that role is becoming so profound mm -hmm. that it needs to be somebody that's on campus, on site, all the time. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, I don't know what your thoughts about that, but we find out that that you know you, you need somebody in that capacity that's interacting with the staff on a day-to-day -day basis, mm -hmm. the, the minister, the executive leadership. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I just just a thought. Yeah. So I could walk you through a little bit of our structure. Um, I kind of fall underneath our executive pastoral team mm -hmm. that oversees the different department heads. Okay. So we do have you have your department heads, and then you have campus pastoral staff. Mm -hmm. You have a youth pastor on every location, children's pastor on every location. Uh, so I, I, I oversee their bosses and I work with those teams. But I did serve as a youth pastor for seven years okay. in that context. So I know what it feels like to be on the ground, boots on the ground, not just overseeing the teams, but being uh, one of the team members that's executing yes, on the sir. campus. So uh, as you turn to page two, you've got the table of contents of this workbook. And I'm going to spend a lot of our time uh, in this workbook today because I think it's going to be the most practical thing uh, that you guys can leave with pertaining to next-gen ministry. So you've got the what. We're going to break it down in three different categories. Page uh, Pages three and four, it says. It's the vision, mission, and strategy. That's the what. So we're going to start with the what, and then we're going to transition into the who and the how of what we do. So let's start with the what. We believe that each and every one of our ministries need vision. Needs a vision. Without vision, the people perish, the scriptures tell us. Uh, the Bible says in Habakkuk chapter 2, write the vision, make it plain. And the vision is so important because it's a statement um, that, that determines who we want to become. Okay? So it's who do we desire to be? Who do we feel the Lord's calling us to be? That's the vision. The mission, it's a statement explaining what we do to accomplish that vision. Okay, And then our values, these are statements that reflect who we are, who we exist to be, and how we're going to uh, achieve these different things. So it's important, each and every one of our student ministries, our children's ministry, that they have a clear vision and a clear mission. And as you look at this workbook, what you'll see is our vision is to build better futures. So for us, our children's ministry team, our vision is to build better futures in the life of our kids. Our youth ministry, uh, we exist to see a spirit-led youth. We want to see students that are filled with the Spirit of God, that are led by the Spirit of God. Next, the mission is how do we help families follow Jesus? This points back to the heart of our senior pastor. I'll pause and say this. As ministry leaders, it's really easy for us to have a vision and a mission for our ministry, but forget about the senior leader's vision and mission for our ministry. Mm -hmm. And if those two things aren't meeting in the middle, you're going to you're gonna struggle. You're always going to be button heads. You're always going to have challenge. And one of the things I was just talking to our team about uh, is that resources follow vision. Mm -hmm. 
resources follow vision. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes it feels like as ministry leaders, specifically in children's ministry and next gen, we're always fighting for resources. We're always, man, I need another this, I need another, and then your senior pastor's looking at you going, but we just did this, and we just did that. You're always going to find yourself in that space if you're not in unison with the senior leader's vision for your ministry. Mm -hmm. So it's so imperative that we get on the same playing field and that that language is continuous, uh, continued from the, from the mouth of your senior leader to what you guys are doing in your space. So the mission for our children's ministry is to help families follow Jesus. And now what you're going to see is how we go about doing that. How do we help families follow Jesus? So as you turn to page four, the very top, you see the ingredients for the zone. Like I mentioned, the zone is our children's ministry environment at Grace Family Church. So you have the three ingredients, we call them three ingredients that make the environment. So each and every one of us, we have to have some core elements that make your ministry at your church what it is and what makes it successful. So my question for you is, what are those things? What are those core elements that make your children's ministry environment the place or the space that's going to accomplish that vision and that mission? You've got to define that. And as you define it, you've got to sync up with your senior leader. You've got to make sure that he's out in front of that. Because as we, it's so easy for us to be in the backdrop, doing the thing over in the kids' ministry building. But your senior pastor does not have any idea what's taking place. He's got a message to preach. He's got a message to teach. He's shepherding the flock of God well in that space. But the children's ministry, it can't be a siloed space. The way that we inform our senior pastor is saying, hey, this took place on the weekend, and it's helping us achieve the vision. It's helping us achieve the mission of the church, right? So we've got to make sure that we keep that out in front. So we've got three ingredients at our church. We call it fun, friends, and learning. Fun, friends, and learning. And if we don't do those three things, we as a ministry, we could chalk it up at the end of Sunday and go, if we didn't do one of those three, we didn't win. We didn't win. We didn't have a fun-filled environment. If children aren't making friends, and most importantly, if they're not learning the message of Christ Jesus, we didn't win. So what are those three things that you need to make your environment your environment? Are we good so far? Are we tracking? Mm -hmm. At the bottom of the page, you'll see the measures for zoning. So I'm going to transition to the who. So the measures for zoning, we call a zoning our leaders. Any volunteer that occupies a children's ministry space, we call them a zoning. That's the language that we like to use in our space. And the three ingredients for them is passion, simplicity, and excellence. So we want to see people that are passionate, that bring a sense of simplicity to learning the message, to occupying the space, and they also come with a spirit of excellence. We want to honor the Lord with uh, a spirit of excellence because He gives us, um, He gave us His very best, and so we want to give Him honors. So now, as we turn to page five, you're going to get a little bit of uh, how to win. This section is the how to win, and one of the things I'll, I'll always say to our team is we got to define everything in our space, okay? So we got to define what is the win. we got to define the strategy that's going to help us get there. And I think oftentimes when I, when I think about our playbook, the reason why I get excited, I'm a former football player. So for me, when I think about a playbook, my head coach, he had a playbook in mind. And if we executed the playbook, we would win. Mm. So for you guys in your context, you're the head coaches. You have to develop a playbook, and when your team or when you execute that play, that's how you win. I just like that framework. I like that mentality, that mindset. That we got a playbook, and we've got to execute it to win. And then when we think about the vision now, um, 
that's ultimately the vehicle, right? The vehicle that's pushing us towards the big win. So we talk about a weekend win. We want kids to experience fun, to build relationships. When we look at our series, what we do in our zone ministry on the weekend, we, we want kids to say yes to Jesus. We want them to take a step towards baptism. We want them leaving understanding the truth of God's word. And then throughout the year, you'll see the annual win. That third bullet point, I'll, I'll explain this in further detail. At Grace Family Church, uh, we go by seasons. We look at the year and we say, in this season, we want to help our kids understand how to pray. In this next season, we want to help them understand what it looks to lo- looks like to live a life on mission. In this next season, we want to help them understand what it looks like to serve. It's imperative that we move by seasons because, and typically we'll do a series and it's a four-week series, repetition for children and students, it's key. So oftentimes we, we, we get tired of saying the same. No, kids need to hear the same thing over and over and over. Why? Because it creates a habit. And after a while, a habit creates a lifestyle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So repetition is key. It's the same thing for me. As a former athlete, I would show up to the gym at the same time, do the same exercises. Over time, my muscles were growing. we got to help students develop spiritual muscles. But that only happens with repetition. So we talk about the annual win. We want to teach them to trust God and love other people. And then the ultimate win is that they would leave our space when they come in as a first grader after five years experiencing these things, that they would leave our children's ministry and step into our student ministry with an understanding of God's word and his truth, with two close friendships within the church. I'm going to go further in, into further detail in that. And then they're also willing to take a step towards serving the church. Let me key, key in on those three things because uh, I think this is a, a lot of the why and the what of what we do. If kids aren't learning the word of God or if kids are having a fun time but not learning the word of God, we've done nothing. Yeah. We've done nothing. So when we talk about understanding the word of God, we want to make sure that they see the word of God as not only something that's life-giving but something that's approachable. So for us, as soon as a kid walks in the door at our church, they check in, and then after we have what we call a Bible table. Okay, So on the Bible table, it's kind of the same setup. You have a table here. You have a screen behind you. You have a memory verse. We'll give a kid a memory verse every single uh, month. They have a different memory verse that ties into the theme of the series. Then here at the Bible table, we have what you call zone bucks. Okay, And this is kids love this so much. We'll have the Word of God open, right, so they can see it. And as they come in, we go, hey, did you memorize last week's Bible verse? Okay? And they have to repeat that last week's scripture. And if they do, we incentivize them. We give them what we call a zone buck. So a zone buck is a form of currency at our church that they can go and redeem at what we call a zone store, where they can buy candy, they can buy toys, or they can buy, buy a variety of different things. But what we're doing by that is incentivizing these kids to know God's word and his truth. And not only to know it here, but know it here. The Bible says in Psalm 119, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And I think that one of the things that we can look at, and you guys can attest to this, as men that have been in ministry for an extended amount of time, a lot of people have it here, but it hasn't gotten me here. Right? So we gotta we gotta incentivize, we gotta make sure that they understand the Bible is our life source. We gotta love God's word and read God's word. And we gotta get them excited about God's word and God's truth. So one of the special things I love to see is a kid running through the door on the weekend going, I know the Bible verse of the week. Or I remember the Bible verse. That's such a special moment, not only for me as the pastor over ministries, but for the parent. 
to go, man, my, my child has the word of God in their heart. Right? So we got to create those practices. Any questions about that so far? I know I'm going a little fast. Anything? Anything? We good? We tracking? Yeah. So we talk about two close friendships in the life of the church. As ministry leaders, it's so important that we promote friendship at a very young age in the life of our church. Okay? So our kids, they need to leave our space with two close friendships. Why? Because they need to understand when their husbands and wives or wives or when they're parents, they can't go through life alone. So we're creating that practice at an early, early age. We're better together. Guys, we need accountability. Iron sharpens iron. Get with some people that are like-minded, that love the Lord and running after the things of God. So make that a part of your mission. Make that a part of your vision. I know this feels uh, a little bit on the macro or micro level, but but this is these are the keys to winning in today's day and age. Kids want relationship, and they want a sense of belonging. Yeah. Okay, so when we talk about a lot of kids are leaving the church, or the next generation is disinterested in the church, perhaps we haven't set them up to build relationships with like-minded people. But what I'm realizing with our youth ministry team is, um, gone are the days of our youth pastors picking up the phone and calling their kid going, Hey, where you at? I haven't seen you in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. But the win is when their friends that came to church go, Hey, I haven't hey, seen you in a while. Yeah, where you yeah, been at? Yeah. Yeah. So we've got to promote that relationship and help foster that friendship at an early, early age. And then a step towards serving in the church. Um, each and every one of you know this to be true. As, as people that are further down the road than these kids are, we're handing the baton to the next generation. And we're raising up the future of the church. I'm sure some of you, you've had people that invested in you at a young, young age that helped you take the steps to where you are today. Never forget that. Never lose sight of that. We need to make sure that we have people that are committed to sowing seeds in the life of our kids, all in hopes of setting the example so when they grow old, they won't depart from the from what they come to know in their youth. Any questions? Good. So we're going to turn to page six. So I know that this differs from um, some of your churches, but I, I want to walk you through kind of our team structure, uh, how we structure our teams and kind of our campus staff and what that looks like. Um, and maybe I won't even get into the weeds of this. You can read it on your own time if you want. But at Grace, we have a campus pastor who's responsible for all the ministry that takes place on the campus. Okay. Then after the campus pastor, you have what you call a family ministries pastor. So your family ministry pastor, he, he or she oversees the family ministry team, the preschool ministry, children's ministry staff, our youth ministry staff on that location. Following that, each and every one of those departments have a coordinator. So we have our children's ministry coordinator, then you have your youth ministry coordinator. So the reason why we have this or why I made sure that we put this in there is because it's so imperative that each and every one of our people have a job profile something to hold them accountable to, something that they know they can run after and run towards. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of young um, young ministers, they get in the game, and they go, I'm glad to be in the game, but I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. We got to give them framework. Yeah. We got to give them an accountability measure. We got to make sure that we're supplying them with what they need so they know what they're doing in their space. So when I think about uh, job profiles, a lot of people think I'm crazy when I mention this, okay? We give our volunteers job profiles too. We give our volunteer job, volunteers job profiles too because we want to make sure that their buy-in is there, that when they commit and say yes, 
they're not just going, you know, I'm going to show up once every two weeks or I'm going to show up when it's convenient. No, you've made a commitment. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this is what we're holding you to. It makes the conversation far more easier when that person isn't upholding those standards or isn't rising to their commitment. It makes the conversation so much more easier. Why do you have an accountability measure? Uh, even for our volunteers, sometimes you have a question. That sounds good. Um, one of the struggles that we're having at Mount Zion, we lost our youth pastor. He passed away. Wow. So that's a big gap right yeah. there. We're in searching for a new youth pastor now. But we can't keep the volunteers right now mm-hmm. to even work with the youth. Right. You know, it's just the day and age. I don't know. So you guys have lost your youth pastor. Right. And that is probably so traumatic, not only for the staff, but even for the students oh, yeah. and the youth. Um, it probably led to so many questions. We had mentors, we don't have counselors, we don't have some of everything. Even, you know, not just our youth pastor, um, Reverend White, who used to work with them too. Like, it was like blow after blow wow. in the youth department. Right. So, go ahead. Yeah. I- I'm just piggybacking on what she said about losing the youth pastor. It was a a very traumatic uh, situation. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that he just walked away from the job. Job, he, he drowned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and he got a close relationship with the kid. So wow. that was more devastating. Of course. So when you say your your students, you're having a hard time reengaging them. What are some of the things that you're hearing from I them? I think the the hardest thing is keeping the bottom until we find a new youth pastor. Right now we have an interim youth pastor who's a full-time employee somewhere else, so he really doesn't have, and he's also like pastor's right hand or third hand or whatever. Right. In the <laughs> One of them you know, things. We're trying to fill his spot until yeah. we find yeah. But I mean, it's like all hands on deck. Like my yeah. role is finance, but I'm here cooking in the youth department or whatever, whatever you know, because I'm background, because that's something else we do. If you can't pass the background check or anything like that, you can't work about it. Got it, correct. So a lot of people don't want to do that. Right, right. And, or they just don't want to work with you. Right. Of this age. Right. Such a challenging spot to be in. One of the, one of the things I've personally experienced is you don't want to force someone's hand to serve in the next generation. Right, because uh, one of the things I used to say is teach what you know, reproduce who you are. Right. So if you have someone that's haphazardly just going through the motions in that space, your next generation is looking to them as the example. Okay. So in this time, what what you guys maybe need to do, and I don't know, what's the size of your youth group right now at this time? So our um, teams are maybe about 50, 60. Okay. That was strong. Mm-hmm. I, like I haven't been down there in a while. Right. But our babies like. After COVID, we haven't opened back up our toddlers yet, mm-hmm. but our elementary, they're about 25, 30. But like, okay. we have a whole youth church that stands alone by wow. itself. Yeah. And wow. is this is this a weekly gathering they have for, oh, yeah. the, for the youth mm-hmm. on Sundays? Every Sunday, every Wednesday, every Sunday. Wow, okay. Yeah. Were you going to say something to this? No, no, no. I, I haven't. I'll just in the room. Yeah. I know that this... And this probably isn't the, the proper measure. I have to chew on that and, and circle back to you. But one of the one of the things that I would maybe make mention of is helping volunteers understand uh, they're the shepherd of the flock in this season. 
These students need you now more than ever. They have questions, they're challenged. A lot of them are questioning how God could allow or why God would allow something like this to happen. And they're looking for a shepherd in this season. First Peter chapter five, shepherd the flock of God willingly. So the key is to the key is to that verse is finding people who are willing to step into the game, right? Mm-hmm. Not doing it out of compulsion because you told them, hey, we need more people to serve. Like a lot of senior pastors will do. Hey, we need more people to serve. We need y'all to fill out a volunteer applicate. But that's <laughs> what I'm you, ain't it? <laughs> <laughs> but I think like once we find that uh, youth pastor, like the Pastor Sean, he knew who to put in what place right. to make him right. look good. Right, right, right. <laughs> he knew that. He, that was his, you know, he right. had that art. But um, when this new, whoever um, they decide to go with, I think once that person gets there, he can, you know, organize that. But sure. what we do in the meantime. Right, in the middle. So mm-hmm. one of the things I would maybe say is, and this is probably a hard, hard decision, is going to a biweekly gathering. Changing up the rhythm of what you guys do, right? Changing up the consistency. Maybe moving it to another night of the week where now it's staff-led. Like, hey, we don't have the volunteers to meet everybody's need. And I know you guys are probably in a spot, too, where y'all feel like y'all at the end of the rope. But this is a moment for the church to be the church. To roll up our sleeves. And I know this sounds crazy. I was just even thinking about it. Like, the fact that we, some of us get compensated to do what we do, it's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, I even think about Paul. Paul was just trying to make it happen, so what did he do? I'll make a tent today so I can make my living. And I'm going to go about advancing the gospel. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got to get to a place where we go, this is beyond us. This is our hour to be the body of Christ, to set the example for the next generation as to what it looks like to truly share each other's burdens, like Scripture tells it. Mark, if I could, and I was sharing this with Pastor Cleve and my brother here. One of the reasons I'm here mm-hmm. is because God has directed us in a total restructure. Mm-hmm. John 15 talks about pruning. Mm-hmm. Familiar with your church. You've got family there. We actually, and, and this blew me away, I've been pastoring the same church for 25 years. Mm-hmm. Talk about resources. You talk about being able to minister to our youth. I had to actually come to the realization that God was pruning us to kill what was alive, but it wasn't producing as much fruit, mm-hmm. so that more growth could, could come. come. Mm-hmm. Kill the entire Wednesday night. Wow. wow. I've been doing Wednesday night for 25 years. Wow. I don't know how to do nothing else. Right. God said, this is now the time for you to pour into your student ministry. Right. Right. Yeah. We had more students last night come on, than we have had wow. for I don't know how long. Praise the Lord. Staff. <clears throat> Staff is there. Mm-hmm. And basically what we have to do is we have to actually go back and use the resources that we have, mm-hmm. the capacity in which we have. Mm-hmm. That's what we have. That's what we're having to do. Mm-hmm. And we've got to be able to actually narrow our focus. Yep. So when we narrow our focus, and you know, I was in the other session here uh, earlier, talking about strategically doing ministry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I keep trying to do what I was doing post-COVID and 25 years ago, right. I'm still trying to do the same thing and make right. it work in this era, right. and it's not working. Right. Right. But now I do something drastic. This is what was really crazy. I thought for sure I was going to get so much pushback on that. Mm-hmm. When I mentioned it, it was just almost like, wow, right. Pastor. And I was like, 
I can't get no credit for that. That's God. I'm not that smart. Right. But, you know, I would just say to look at narrowing the focus, to look at, you know, there's some things that we may actually have to let go in order to be able to do the things which are pertinent. And then you might get back to it and you might not. That's what I'm kind of seeing. That's not just the only area of ministry. That I'm seeing that in. I'm seeing it in a number of different. Ways. I would I would agree wholeheartedly with you on that, and I, I think that oftentimes we lose sight of um, how COVID nineteen drastically affected the next generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you talk about students uh, being removed out of their school, the place where they had a place of belonging, a place where they had relationship um, for almost a year, right? The uncertainty, the fear, right? Um, the feeling of the unknown, and not only that, even par- like I'm, I'm now looking at a staff of people that are still pastoring kids through um, the amount of trauma they experienced yeah. because they, they got to experience mom and dad bickering day in, day out because mom and dad didn't know what was going on. Mom and dad are trying to keep their head afloat, right? So all of those different things have affected these students and these kids in such a drastic way mm-hmm. that I would say so much so a lot of them lost a year of development yes. yeah. mentally, spiritually, emotionally. Mm-hmm. There's so much further behind. So how do we step into their world and go, okay, there's a gap. And what is the answer to the gap? Mm-hmm. And I would say it's going back to creating spaces where kids feel like they belong before they believe, mm-hmm. right? A safe place for safe place for kids to feel like I have someone that cares about me, right? I have someone that's, a safe place for me, a place of refuge, right? And then also, they, they need the Word of God. So what does it look like to break up the pattern of going, hey, we're going to have a big environment every Wednesday to go, we're going to meet up at this bowling alley, right? And we're going to have a time of fellowship, right? And then when you come on Sunday, you're going to see me there, but we're going to sit in the main house, right? Like, what does it look like to reinvent the wheel a little bit? Because that's what we got to do. Yeah. The world looks different now more than ever. So we do need to really get back to the drawing board and go, well, work back then ain't going to work today. Yeah. yeah. Right? So I would say really brainstorm and prayerfully consider what does it look like to break up the, the pattern of what we've been doing and just be okay going, we're not going to look back. Yeah. We just, only thing we got is what's ahead. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what's going to get us there, but we're not going to be people that are afraid to take chances and try different things, right? So that would be my suggestion to you. And thank you for sharing that with us, Pastor. So going back to um, personnel, call it personnel. I want you to go to, um, skip over to to page 10. This is where volunteers come into play, Right? And you could read this on your own time, but these are the different volunteer positions that we have to make a zone service, a children's ministry experience happen. Right? You got a number of different things. But writing these different things down, get on the whiteboard, create an organizational chart for your youth ministry. Here's what we have, and this is what we need in order for us to accomplish school. We need a host, we need a worship leader, we need a production person, somebody to handle the slides, the media, all that. We need a worship dancer, we have a dance team. In our children's ministry, uh, we need somebody that's going to help us with the stage equipment, a stage hand. Uh, sometimes we need somebody that's a connector to work the lobby. One of the things I would say to you in this season, too, um, is be more intentional engaging parents than you do the children. Because mm-hmm. I'm telling you, if you can get a parent wrapped around the vision and the mission of what you do, them kids going to show up, and that parent's going to want to show up. Yeah, yeah. our kids show up. 
and then they're just a fly on the wall instead of yeah. being active yeah. and in the game. Yeah. So yeah. what does it look like for us to put something in their hand, like a job profile, mm-hmm. yeah. that we go, these are the specific things that we want you to do, and if you do these things, we all win. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not just showing up to the space. I'm showing up knowing what I'm doing on mission for today, for this Sunday. Um, and making sure that you love all your volunteers. I was about to say. Yes. Yes. Volunteer uh, yes. 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 volunteers. Exactly. You got yes. to make sure you show them your appreciation because yeah. uh, I don't get paid for my position. That's <laughs> it. I do it because I have the love of Jesus yeah. in my heart That's because good. I know he's called me. Yeah. Do the work for the kingdom. That's so So great. love on your volunteers, and once you pump that time into your volunteers, they have no other choice but to pump that time yeah. into yeah. your ministry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. good. Volunteer, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want his blood? You want his blood? <laughs> but that volunteer care piece is is oftentimes a, a lost art of the church. We got to just. Dis- we got to distribute resources everywhere That's else, it. but we forget about the people that are actually doing the ministry. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we have volunteer appreciation uh, this uh, the month of April, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think we did a boat cruise as well. I'm in charge of what we do. Ooh! Okay, y'all snap real quick. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Hey, yeah. What's the next boat cruise? I'm coming through. Got to be a volunteer first. Man. For something higher and better, and, you know, to do the so volunteers, because, you know, it's a once a year thing, mm-hmm. but it's just so many of them when right. it comes, when you break the church out, like, what am I going to do with all these people? Right. <laughs> well, I'm considering a quarterly and uh, break out gas cards, mm-hmm. gift cards, yeah, I mean, that uh, uh, lesser increments, but ultimately get out with that, but to kind of do a, uh, an infusion, I'll use that, uh, to get the volunteer snapping going right. to get it propped back up. Right. And it doesn't have to be a, a lifetime commitment, but a momentary effort to kind of re-energize or synergize that particular so area. Yeah. Right. I'm going to have to yeah. get my whole budget in gas cards. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Oftentimes, people don't, it doesn't need to be monetary. monetary. Right. Right. Yeah. right. And we have it, to, when it comes to volunteers, we kind of have, you know, with laws and all this yeah. stuff, yeah. with taxes, and so we have to stay away from that a little bit, but, um, But what does it look like for your senior pastor to jump up on stage and share a God story about somebody that impacted the life of one child? Now you've just heightened the awareness of what God's doing in the room, right? And they go, man, the senior leader recognizes Mm -hmm. it. The Lord recognizes it. I need to be in the room and be a part of this thing. Mm -hmm. So, man, just even making sure you're keeping it out in front of your people. And then we do huddles. I don't know if you guys do huddles Mm -hmm. before you start your service. Yeah. But every single week, I tell all of our staff, if you're not spotlighting one person on your team, mm-hmm. you're not doing it. Mm-hmm. Use that as a moment to go, hey, last week, and be specific. Don't just throw out a generality. Yeah. Last week, I saw Claude. Man, I saw how he sat down with a kid that was crying, and he prayed over him. Yeah. Be specific. What you celebrate is repeated. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we got to make sure that that's we're good. bringing that up, right? And that's going to heighten the volunteer awareness. And that's going to create a sense of belonging for that volunteer to go, man, what I'm doing is purposeful. Yeah. And meaningful in the eyes of the Lord and this team. Yeah. yeah. So, you were going to say something, ma'am. I saw your hand. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, I want to go back to because your discussion just got me thinking. Um, you talked about the ultimate way <laughs> a step towards serving in your church. Mm-hmm. Um, I am over our housekeeping ministry. Mm-hmm. And so we do put out appeals. But how, and, and I, my 
Bishop tells me all the time, or tells all of the leaders all the time, what's the word, is it succession? Mm -hmm. uh, you, you know, okay, I'm in this leadership position now, but I need to train someone to come behind me. Mm -hmm. Housekeeping yes. is not a attractive ministry. Right. Right. So how would you, what suggestions would you give me to try and, um, you know, even, it, like sometimes, um, if we're cleaning and there's another activity going on in the church and I try to pull aside, you know, a young person and say, well, you know, help sweep the floor, do something like that. But how do we make that particular ministry attractive so yeah. that, you know, maybe they might not um, want to leave the ministry, but perhaps they may want to at least come in and help out. Of and of course, you know, coming on Saturday, that would depend on the parent bringing them, because right. they don't drive. Right. But, uh, so any suggestions you can give? So are you that? speaking to engage the students and the next generation in initiatives such as housekeeping? Yeah. Is that yeah. what you're asking? Anybody want to speak to that? Well, I come to mind just hearing housekeeping. The phrase yeah. is not going to connect with mm -hmm. right. the now generation. Yeah. So rebranding it, you know, uh, site technicians or something that right. is more appealing. And, and I actually glean from the youth, the person that you're actually the the audience or the group that you're targeting. Say, what would you think of the name for this particular area of responsibility? And rebranding it, you know, so it's a little bit more broader, you know, because a lot of ministries have transitioned from ushers to uh, with some of the terms now. Greeters, connectors. Yeah, so you don't hear ushers that much or hardly at all in some cases. But, you know, we just got to kind of meet people where they're at to connect with them to where it's more appealing, you know, and so that I think will. Uh, garnish good. Very good. Very good. good. Yeah. Appeal. Right. Yeah. That's very good. What a, how are we doing? One of the things we oftentimes say is, are we speaking a language of the people? Mm -hmm. And as this, as we're now looking at a new generation, Gen X, Gen Z, Gen Y, so on and so forth, millennial generation, we've got to make sure that we're really spending a lot of time thinking through uh, the lens of how they see things. Mm -hmm. So to his point, like housekeeping, that doesn't necessarily have the appeal to that Gen Z person, you know? And I even think about this, like, it's hard for Gen Z to see how that's impacting the big thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you've got you've to gotta speak to them in terms of like bringing down the big vision. Like all of this doesn't happen unless you show up. You know what I mean? I even think about this like uh, when we read Exodus, when we read the Old Testament, the tabernacle, how sacred was that place? Yeah. That's it. Like, it was the dwelling place of the Lord. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Like you get to be a part of that when you serve on this team. Mm -hmm. yeah. Creating that environment, making sure it's pure and beautiful, mm -hmm. you know, and God honoring, you know. And and uh, I just did a message on John chapter 2, the moment where Jesus walks into the temple and he's flipping tables, he's irate, right? Yeah. But uh, when I think about that text, it's so important we look at, yes, we see that Jesus was indignant in that moment, but why was Jesus indignant? Because there were things in the temple that didn't belong. So we need to help those students understand there are things in the temple that don't belong. There. I'm not speaking about a sterile sense. I'm speaking about pride and ego. Like none of this is below you. If serving is below you, leadership is beyond you. So you got to help them understand, like, man, there is not a space in God's house for pride. There's not a space in God's house for ego. Uh, we've all got to be in this thing together and play our part. And this is a part mm -hmm. of making the big thing happen.
Hey, you need to walk that one back. He just said, we're trying to write it down. Yeah, I like that. Walk that back. Which one was it? I got it. It's serving it. Leadership is the young. Leadership is the young. There you go. That was good. Yes, that's good. In any leadership position where you're staffed or salary, it's always looking for opportunity to create the buy-in. Yes, yes, yes. How do we continue to create buy-in with our people, right? And he brought up the point. It's Go ahead. Volunteer care and caring for people. Was it a, you know, um, a, like a mass clean day? Church and then you, church church cleanup. Cleanup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you just try to do it every quarter. I don't know what happens. Yeah. But, like, that got everybody out. Youth, adults, everybody. So, right. We're doing it, you know, for volunteer hours. All these kids need volunteer hours. Come get your volunteer hours, you know? And then you get to a point, too. We call them Surf Saturday Project. So, uh, the first Saturday of every month, we invite the whole church to a service initiative, and some of them are church cleanups, just cleaning up the house of the Lord. And we'll see a lot more people show up to that than anything else. We, we give them everything they need, we feed them lunch, and we just get after it on a Saturday, yeah. uh, cleaning up God's house. So, yeah. And we give volunteer hours for that. So those are some tools there. Go ahead, sir. With a lot of the kids uh, going off to college and stuff like that, they do need uh, volunteer community hours mm-hmm. and their profiles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Probably too. Absolutely, yeah. Those, yeah. yeah. So that goes back to to what we were talking about. It's really clearly defining what do we need to make this environment an environment where kids are leaving experiencing Jesus, the presence of God. Um, I want to transition to the next page, uh, page 13. 14, we'll look at those different things. This is talking about the environment now. We talked about the environment. So that's the perfect segue based off of uh, hospitality, the idea of hospitality. Um, I love this part of the book because for me, it gives us a clear layout of the expectations for the environment now. So when somebody has this this playbook in their hand, um, it makes it easy for me to be fired. I say that. I say that to our team all the time. I want you to get to a place where if you're sick, you ain't calling me going, hey, could you jump in and do 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 da. No, I want to put a playbook in somebody's hand and go, you know what to do, run the play. Yeah. You know? So having clear expectations of what the environment needs to make it a success for the weekend is so important for us to do. Um, we do something called a fire drill. You need me, Ms. Gloria? We good? Yes, ma'am. I got about six minutes, right? We do something called a fire drill. And what I'll, I'll call one of our staff members, our children's minister, student minister, and I'll say, hey, I don't want you to come to church today. I want you to stay home. Who's up? And they'll tell me who's the next man up or the next gal up. And I'll call that person. And I'll say, hey, so forth. So on and so forth. Can't make it to church today. Uh, and they're asking that you be in charge. You got what it takes to lead. If they say no, Best believe I'm getting on my student minister on Monday saying you didn't equip the equip the saint to do the work of the ministry. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one of the ways that we literally equip our people to do the work of the ministry is by putting this playbook in their hand going, these are the expectations. If I get hit by a bus, I need you to step in and run the play. Mm-hmm. Right? So thought I'd give you that. Um, and then... As you continue to look through, you can read all of the different elements that we have in our area. It goes into further detail of the setup of our rooms. Um, It goes into detail of what we do for small groups. 
some of our best practices for small groups. Um, when you get to page 20, 21 and 22, it gives you all of the little nuanced details and house rules and housekeeping uh, that ensure uh, a safe, fun-filled experience for our children and students at Grace Family Church. So I want you guys to take that home with you. Look through it. If you have any questions, feel free to take my email. I'm going to provide my email. This says 5 plus. I was just curious if the Y was open-ended. So ages, 5 plus. Yeah. Why is that open-ended? So that's that's first through fifth grade. So kindergartners are typically cut off at four or five years old, five plus. I don't know why we kept that open-ended. Okay. Right. Oh, well, actually, I do have an answer. For okay. You. Because sometimes we have... Um, kids that aren't ready to move into student ministry uh, yet, okay. whether it's um, they're on the spectrum, a sensory challenge, uh, maybe we get to a point where we realize maturity-wise they're not ready for that right. environment. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. the best fit for them to stay in that sure. environment. Okay. So we yeah. kept it open on each. Yeah. Going back to the Yep. Yep. I want to give you guys a couple of things as I was praying this morning, and God was giving me a couple of different things that I would love to just kind of put in your ear and put in your heart. Uh, some key things that we look for in a small group leader or ask our small group leaders to do, we call it the four F's at Grace Family Church. It's to have faith-filled conversations with, with children. It's to follow up with your children. It's to connect with their family, and it's to fellowship with them outside of a Sunday or a weekend. Um, another thing I would put in your ear is having conversations with volunteers or how do I know if I have the right person before me that would be a good fit for next-gen ministry. Um, I, I came up with this acronym. It's called FORM, right? So I start with uh, your family. Tell me about your family. Oftentimes I'll engage a new family to our church. Like, hey, tell me about your family. Well, I have a fifth grader and I have a seventh grader. So for me, they already know how to deal with the next generation. Okay? Mm -hmm. And I'll ask them about their occupation. What do you do for a living? Oh, I work in software. They might be the perfect volunteer to do media or production mm -hmm. in the children's ministry environment. Mm -hmm. Tell me, what do you like to do for recreation? Oh, I like to hike or I like to cycle or whatever. They're, they're a little bit of an extremist. They know how to have a good time. And then what do I do? I mobilize. The M is for mobilize. Mm -hmm. I now release them to my children's minister or my student minister to get them connected to their next step. So I call it form. F-O-R-M. How do we engage good volunteers? We have form conversations. That I'll leave you with that. And uh, last thing I'll do is pray us out. Any questions before I pray out? Uh, what's those four, four F's? Those four, four F's. Uh, four F's. So it's faith conversations, follow-up, connect with their family, and fellowship outside of a Sunday. Family, occupation, recreation, and then mobilize. Four steps to uh, engaging quality volunteers. Like we're right on time, y'all. <laughs> All right. And if you have any questions, I'll still be around. And then you can also feel free to email me. I'll give my email after I pray. Father, I thank you for each and every one of these ministry leaders. And I just pray your blessing over them. God, I pray that you would bless Lord. them in their labor and their leisure. God, I pray yes, that you would go before them in all of their endeavors. God, I pray that they would experience the Spirit of God as they serve the next generation, the power of your Spirit, oh God. I pray that you would breathe new life and new vision into them as they lead their ministries. God, as they leave a quick conference on day one, God, I pray that they would feel equipped 
to do the work of the ministry as which you've called them to do. So Holy Spirit, would you speak to their hearts? Would you remind them, God, you are faithful? Would you remind them of the holy work that you've called them to do? Mm -hmm. God, I even pray right now over my family that just experienced the loss of their youth pastor. I pray for your spirit of comfort and healing. I pray for a spirit of restoration. God, I know that you're redeeming things, God. You're making all things new. I pray, Lord, that you bring answers to each and every student and volunteer that's wrestling with attention. God, I just pray that you would also anoint their lips to have a a word for the youth right now that's going to keep them on fire for the things of you and re-engage people to be a part of what you're doing in their midst. God, would you have your way? Would you take them places they never thought they could go? In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you. Thank you.